ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Fundamism Podcast, quarantine style. I am your host, Paul J. Long, coming to you all the way from my home office, which doesn't have a door uh, and doesn't have the best sound, but we out you, and we're doing what we can do with what we got, because that is what society has come to. And that's the only thing that we could do right now within our control. Shout out to our sponsor, Charlie Hustle. They've been with us from the jump, making amazing shirts and and sweatpants, joggers, and apparel. Now they've gotten their hands on something amazing. They're out there making some Kansas City Heart masks. They come in three packs. They are glorious. And for every pack purchased, they donate a pack. Uh, to individuals in need. So go to charliehustle.com to learn more. We have another unique edition of the Fundamism Podcast. I was asked to be on a podcast of another gentleman, a gentleman that I look up to a great deal. Now, I had never heard of him prior to getting a random message on IG, the gram, as the kids call it in the streets. His name, Nick the Brave, a young man diagnosed with cancer at a very, very young age, uh, the age of nine to be exact. Nick was diagnosed with a, a rare form of cancer called pineal blastoma. It's either pineal or pineal. I'm not a smart man, but ultimately it impacted or manifested in him with a brain tumor. And uh, not only did he have the brain tumor, but after a series of MRIs, he found that he also had a tumor on his lower spine. So Nick the Brave and his his wonderful mother, Jerry, had caught wind of, of my story and affection of Noah Wilson and Noah's Bandage Project, and they thought that I might be a, a, a decent guest for Nick's podcast, Nick the Brave, which can be found on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever streaming platform you're into. This kid has an absolutely amazing story, uh, one that, that has lots of ups and downs, and it culminated, which you'll hear in the uh, the interview, which again is, is more him interviewing me, but I get the opportunity to ask him some, some pretty relevant questions as well. This young boy is full of of zest and and humor and life. And uh, I was just, I'm always in awe when I meet individuals like this, especially kids going through something so challenging, yet they're so strong and and present and just expressing a genuine interest in other people. And I just feel like, especially now, that story and that perspective is so relevant in what we're all going through. Each and every single one of us is going through something right now. You're struggling with the thought of of lost revenues or keeping your business open or staying sane because you've now become a stay-at-home mom or dad. All your meetings potentially, if indeed you're still working or through webinars or virtual platforms. Maybe you're going into the office, but that office uh, environment is, is just changed dramatically because you're not you're not staying you know connected with individuals outside of six feet. Maybe you're an essential worker and you're out there grinding and you're exposed to 
you know, potentially sick people every single day. And to that and for that, I salute you. But each and every single one of us is going through some form of fear, anxiety, depression. And that's why I believe that fundamentalism and the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle and these brain pattern interrupters that could cause distractions and move you away from these, these negative moments or these challenging times in your brain can help you focus more on what makes you smile. It could literally change the environment in which you live. Not, not all day, not all week, not all year, but in that moment. And right now, that's all we could focus on. We can't focus on tomorrow. We can't focus on next week. What we have to focus on is how do we get through the now? How do I get through the next minute? How do I create the most fun possible in the next 30 seconds? How do I forget about all the stuff that's going on in my brain right now and be more present right in this moment? And that's why I was stoked to be on Nick the Brave's platform. So I hope you enjoy this episode as much as as I did being on it. This kid is absolutely amazing. And when his story resonates with you as much as it did me or his voice, I hope that you'll take the time to download a few more of his podcasts. You won't regret it. Hey, be safe, smile often, and have fun. That's within your control. Enjoy the episode. Okay. Mom showed me you were talking about a little kid um, with cancer. I've been battling this for almost four years, but I, I always said God's gave me cancer because you always seen the little ones with the double ports and the feeding tubes and the stuff. I didn't have a double port. I, I only had one, but it makes you sad because the, the little ones get, get that. Sometimes you wish you could take it away from them and just give it to you, but... Well, Nick, I got to tell you, when I was asked to be on your podcast, I was truly honored because um, I do a lot of work with pediatric cancer research. And the little boy that you referenced, Noah Wilson, means the absolute world to me. And to your point, um, you see children, Noah, yourself, that go through these heartaches. Uh, and uh, it just breaks, breaks my heart. So when I see folks like you and Noah leveraging this challenge and this pain, that you have unfortunately been given, but you're using it to inspire others and be brave and smile and uh, bestow kindness, Uh, you are truly the hero. So when I see your little synopsis of the podcast about how you're interviewing heroes, listen, you're the real hero, brother. I'm just trying to be like you. Yeah. I met um, a guy. His name is Mark Evans DM. He's a what me and him call him is a dream maker, but he's a, I don't, mom, what's Mark? He's a deal maker. And he, his um, number, the, the letters are DM and I have a hat, but we call him a dream maker. He was having a raffle for some Super Bowl tickets and I won and we became friends and I got to go to the Super Bowl where the, the Chiefs won. What? And, uh, that was cool, but uh, we met and then 
I get to speak at his birthday event, and I like speaking. Yes. But the most mortifying thing about people looking at a cancer patient. You don't look at people at Disney. You don't judge people at Disney. I got looked at because I was wearing a pink hat. A pink. <laughs> Only real men wear pink. That is true. <laughs> a, a pink hat. He, he was like fake staring, you know, like looking off when I looked at him. Uh, sure. But even adults do it. That's true. I know it's challenging sometimes. And I think that, you know, part of what probably goes through individuals' head, and I can only speak from my own experience, when I got the opportunity to meet Noah, I was so concerned going into that hospital room because, you know, my wife, Melissa, and I, we have two children as well. And so I thought to myself as I was going in and meeting this beautiful little boy, um, what if I look at him like I'm looking at you right now and all I could see is the reflection of our children? And what if I freeze up? What if I don't know what to say? What if, what if I make him feel awkward? What if, I, what if I say something that reminds him of something that, that makes him pain or, or gives him pain or, or, or gives him anxiety? And so sometimes people aren't necessarily judging you, Nick, but they're more so worried about what they're going to say or how they're going to interact because they don't want to negatively impact you. Now, don't get it twisted. There are people that are judging in all walks of life, not just with individuals battling cancer, but individuals that just aren't, um, you know, they're not comfortable with their own selves. And so they look at others and they see their faults. But my philosophy is you don't need those types of people in your life anyway, brother. And with your spirit, your energy, your love, and your kindness, I'm guessing you attract the right types of people in your life. I've always been told I've been um, an old soul. <laughs> yes, but, <for> sure. <laughs> um, I want to be an oncologist when I grow up, which is a cancer doctor. Um, and I already got the college level books, which are like the netter. I'm fascinated with all things medical, except pimple popping. That's my <laughs> that's that's my dad's um, uh, uh, point of that. He watches those shows, and he'll 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 call me in from the other room, saying, "Hey, look look at this. It's gross, but I want you you to look at it." Oh my goodness. You know what though? Uh, there was a time in my life just to be somewhat disgusting that it gave you a little excitement to pop a zit or somebody else's zit. It is gross. It's not, it's not clean. Uh, I am, I am ashamed to say it, but there's something interesting about that process. But I did have a port for most of the cancer journey. I still have the scar. Really? It looks like um, a, a third kind of nipple, <laughs> but it's like slanted. Um, I, I had to get twice put it in. They took it out once, and then they had to put it in. And what's weird about it is, so the first one was circle, and then the second was was like a diamond shape, so they couldn't get the needle in. Very, 
it was like an adult one instead of a kid one. So. So you are 13? 13. 13. And so you've been battling cancer for four years. So you were nine when this all started? Oh, almost four. Uh, it would be four years in July. Okay. I, right. I, before cancer, I was bigger than this. Like, I was a football player, you know, like that wow. big. Yeah. Yeah. But now I'm not a football player. I can't play football anymore, but that that's fine. But I, I can be the water boy. That's right. <laughs> Have you seen that movie? Yes. You like it? That's some fine H2O. <laughs> so, Nick... I am fascinated by guys and gals like you that have been dealt um, what some would perceive a a uh, a bad hand, right? Something that obviously is very unfortunate that no one wants to go through. But seeing how you carry yourself and your smiles and all that stuff, it, I can't help but look at a lot of adults, grown people, Nick, and see how we deal with challenge. And we make the smallest things a really big deal and think that, life is terrible. But then you have you at nine or 10, respectively, got diagnosed with a, a brain tumor and ultimately is leveraged as an opportunity to help so many people. Do you remember when you were diagnosed, like what was going through your head? Do you, do you know? Like, I how you off topic, but you were telling me about the people who think the little, so my, my dad used to go to clinic with me. So the first time it was like a month treatment, but you had to go in every day for the treatment because I had the port. They did this, put it in for a week. It was like an IV looked like a hook and it would go in your chest, stay in your chest for a week. And then they would pull it out. He has really bad stuff on his eyes and stuff like skin on his eyes and it makes his eyelids fold in and he was getting surgery one day and this lady was screaming in the next room and he told the nurse that was taking care of him i i, I go to a clinic with um four-year-olds that don't scream that loud <laughs> and, and uh, that's how how older people not saying people are old oh i'm old <laughs> But, so do you, but do you remember when you first got diagnosed? Like what was going through your mind? How did you feel? Um, I didn't think I was going to die, but, um, I felt like I was going to die. Sure. So imagine the worst head you, headache you have times 10 and then times it by 20 and then fly home. I had to fly and my dad was in air, um, he was in the military. So he said, I don't know how I handled it because he used to jump out of planes and stuff, but. Wow, he, would you ever jump out of a plane? Not really, but <laughs> I, I would stay, stay on the ground, but. Did um, you know when you were um, flying back, that, did you know that you had cancer yet? No, I love seafood. Okay. I can eat like three pounds of it in one sitting. Um, What's your favorite seafood? Fish sticks? Crab. Crab. I love crab. Crab legs? Yes. 
Nice. In the shell. Okay. Big, yeah. Uh, me and dad and my brother David love crab legs. Mom's not very uh, into it. She likes shrimp, but no. Does um, your mom cook? No. You <laughs> Who cooks in the house? Dad. Yeah. Me. You cook? What's yeah. your best dish? The, be the best thing that you cook? Um, like pasta. Okay. Shrimp. Um, um, Alfredo. Sure. I love those. People are going to get mad at me. I don't like steak. I don't like steak either, man. I don't think that that's something to get mad at you about. It's uh, Well, you said real men wear pink. There's a lot of folks that think men eat steak. I don't like the taste of steak. I'd much rather have a, a good burger or, to your point, some crab legs. Or ribs or something. They have to be – has a sauce on them, but they have to be dry too. So For I sure. don't know. But your taste changed and chemo and stuff, so. Yeah, so speaking of which, when you were, so you were in the hospital and uh, you connected with a dog? Is it, was his name Hunter? What was his name? Hunter. Oh, before we get into that, you want to hear why I started the chemo kitties and canines podcast? 100%. So, yes. Um, me and mom were driving one day. Uh, an idea, this like an idea ball, this popped in my head, and I said, "How about people get like a puppy or a cat to take home as their companion in chemo and like um, like medicine when you're feeling bad?" Because my white Labrador knows I'm sick and helps me up the stairs, so she helps me, but. I always have side effects from it, but sure. the first time was worse. You you throw throw up and your taste changes. But the oral chemo I do now doesn't do that. So tell me where you are in the process now. Um, I'm on a trial drug that is a, a trial, and I have to take like three meds. But I have to go in check my levels at Brooklyn where the first one I win but I go in they have to do like the needle but I don't have to get an IV yeah well, when I started hearing about your story it's right it's very similar to my friend Noah so Noah got diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma and whereas you had tumors in your brain and on your spine his was solely on his spine and so you said that you had the worst headache of all time he had this unbelievable back pain and he, he just couldn't move and come to find out the tumor was completely wrapped around his spine. So right now in the process, you're taking these pills and you're doing chemo. Uh, is it shrinking the tumor? Is it? Yeah. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Um, we had an MRI a couple weeks ago and my doctor was surprised the chemo's worked. Good. Hint, hint. <laughs> Uh, no, mom said he was kind of surprised they worked. Yeah. Like, oh, they worked. <laughs> but well, that's exciting. How do you feel about that? I like to tell everyone, don't, don't judge people. I'm never judging. I agree with you. 
Oh, okay, sorry. I have to start now. Okay. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Nick the Brave Chemo Kitties Canines Podcast. I'm your host, Nick the Brave, and today I have Donna of interviewing Paul Young. Paul, welcome to the Nick the Brave Podcast. It's so nice to meet you. Could you tell a little about yourself to the viewers? Well, first of all, Nick the Brave, an absolute pleasure to be on your podcast. I've done a little research, and I see that you fancy yourself as an interviewer of heroes. All the while, you're the hero to so many. So I am honored to be here. Um, I don't know why anybody would want to know about me, but you asked, so I'll tell you. I am a champion of fun. Uh, I do all things fun as an, and I've actually created a business around the concept of fun. So I wrote a book called Fundamism, Connecting to Life Through Fun. And fundamism can be defined as the fundamentals of a fun and optimistic lifestyle. So whatever you do for fun, whatever gets you through challenging times, whatever interrupts your negative brain patterns is a fundamental or fundamism as I call it. So Nick, before I get too much into myself, what do you do for fun, sir? Speaking of books, I'm writing one too. You are? So you write. That's something that you do for fun. I don't write. You know, you don't. <laughs> As a matter of fact, writing is the worst topic in school. I don't like writing. I have a couple teachers that write like a million miles an hour. So I'm how not, are you writing a book? Um, I have a ghostwriter now. Yes. And Mark, who I told you in our banter, wanted me to do a couple more books for people, just like inspirational books. And I have one that I've been wanting to write. It's about me and all the stories and how to go through chemo. And it's called What I Wish I Knew Before can Chemo, Cancer, or Whatever. It's not called Chemo Kitties and Canines, whatever. But it's called What I Wish I Knew Before Cancer. What's one thing that you wish you would have known before cancer? It's a lifelong thing. Okay, what is it? No, like, it's a lifelong thing. Oh, the cancer is a lifelong thing. Like, I have to go to my doctor again and tell him I'm like 23. Wow. Once I uh, go to the adult doctors, I have to keep getting MRIs. They get farther, farther back every time. So I do them every three months right now, and then we'll do every four months. And then every time it's clear, they don't add every two ones, so... Three, if that's one clear and that one's clear, they'll do four months. And it will add up to like five years and six years. Well, listen, if if the next five to ten years or anything like uh, the last five minutes that I've spent with you, I am certain that every single one of them are going to be fun for you. So, um, you know, you had mentioned, you asked me what I do um, or tell a little bit about myself which is always awkward for me, but I can't help but listen to your story and think that maybe just maybe what I do is something that you will naturally find yourself doing. So 
not only am I an author, but my primary source of revenue, my primary job is I'm a motivational speaker. So I travel all over the world to, to speak in front of large audiences, which you told me you got the opportunity to do recently at a birthday party. So No, no, I haven't yet. Oh, you haven't yet? It's in like January or something. Mark is originally from Colorado. Is that right, Mom? Ohio. Sorry. And uh, he wants me to come if the coronavirus lets me. Yes. He wants me to come and speak at his birthday event. I used to have stage fright. And now I don't have stage fright now. I would get on the stage, but I don't have stage fright anymore because of this. Because of the, because of the podcast? Yeah. Talking so, to... What- what advice would you, sorry to interrupt, what advice, because you know, one of the biggest fears aside from death for everybody out on the planet is public speaking. So what advice would you give grown adults who are trying to conquer the fear of, of public speaking? Not to be uh, <laughs> off topic, but one of my fa- favorite lines from a movie, it's a little dumb, it's from uh, uh Zombie land, net up or shut up. Yeah. <laughs> that is the perfect advice. That right there is the advice that we give adults or anybody fearful of public speaking. Not up or shut up from Nick the Brave, a.k.a. from Zombieland. How, what made you get on this big positivity track? Um, well, you know, I think it started with individuals around me and in my life that weren't so positive. Uh, being around people that um, were struggling with anxiety, fear, or depression, and seeing how taxing that was on them mentally. Seeing folks like you who, through the most challenging thing anybody could ever think of going through, is still uplifting and positive and giving me perspective on what everybody else is challenged with. I think that. I just saw that there was a void uh, and people were looking for help in how to get out of their head. And I've always been silly and uh, what some would call a jack leg. So I just leveraged my humor and uh, uh, gift of gab, if you will, to try and help people get through whatever challenging situations they're in. Speaking of anxiety and stuff, I have from this, what my parents call it, a circle which is, I worry about my dogs. I worry about anything that makes my mind tick, tick, tick. And I call them the monsters inside my brain. But they're just telling me, go go check, go check. Have you checked yet? And stuff. <laughs> He's like, and, I don't know. <laughs> and they'll say, go check. Have you checked? In, in like 45 seconds. Oh. I've checked. I've checked again. Yeah. So, Nick, I got the opportunity to do a, uh, a, a webinar uh, presentation for the a National Alliance of Mental Illness recently. And what we talked about is something that you just hit on. You talked about the monsters in your brain, like these negative thoughts. And so what I challenge people to do is whenever you have those monsters that are trying to take away your – your positivity or, or trying to, to there, captivate your face. You have, you have to do something that makes you smile. Yeah. 
I always try to get something because my dogs like to dig and uh, my thinnest dog likes to get out. She needs yes. to go, goes around, but she used to go running, like running. She always comes back, but I have to worry about her and stuff, but that's happened. But speaking of speaking, I would like to do um, uh, inspirational speaking. You would? Yeah. What would you talk about? Me. <laughs> How would you talk about you to help others? Um, my parents always said, killing yourself, not an option. Hurting yourself, not an option. Anything to harm yourself, not an option. So I would never do that to myself, but those three are out of the question. So that would I, I would talk about that. But there's no reason why she, you should even think about doing that. So I would talk about that. Even with a terminal disease that would be here. I don't know what God's going to do to me. Right. So even with what? the per- depression and stuff, yeah, that, that, that's what uh, they come to itself. Yeah, but I think the one thing that you have that would make you a really fun speaker is that you are very funny and uh, improvisational. So sometimes I find that people that just come uh, and they say things that are on their mind uh, are the most fun to listen to. So what other questions you got on that piece of paper for me that you're looking at? Uh, I like talking to you. Um, But the positive people in your life, Tell about people you've met in your work that are positive. Okay. To the viewers. Yeah. So people in my life that have helped me in my career, uh, one of which is is Noah Wilson. I told you about young Noah Wilson. I actually talk about Noah Wilson in every speech that I have, and his story is featured in my book. Um, He he was so inspirational to me. My grandfather, uh, Paul Joseph Strahler, who I was named after, he used to ask me every day I saw him, he'd say, what smart things have you done today? And uh, that may seem silly, but what a brilliant question. Because instead of asking me how I was doing, he made me feel amazing by saying and assuming that I had done something smart. So what smart things have you done today? It immediately made me think, huh, I wonder what I did that was smart. And it gave me an opportunity to talk about myself and something that made me smile. So I would say the two most significant in my life are Noah Wilson, uh, my, my grandfather, we called him Papa Bear. And lastly, I would say my Aunt Carol, who uh, lost a leg at a very young age, was a diehard Royals fan. She was on her deathbed um, from the, the loss of her leg and it getting gangrene. Um, but she made it through and she's one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. So those three individuals set me on the path to positivity. Who do you think should be on my podcast in the future? Ooh, who do I think should be on your podcast in the future? There's so many great people that you should. So sky's the limit. Are we talking, uh, everyday Joe's we saying, uh, we saying superstar celebrities. Who are we saying? It's your choice. It's my it's, choice. It, it could huh. be a kid, you know, a former work student or work person or 
Well, there is a there's a local um, sports reporter, uh, talk show host by the name of Bob Fesco. He's on 610 Sports Radio. And one of the things that was near and dear to his heart uh, when the Royals won the World Series and when they went to the playoffs in 2014 was he got the opportunity to meet Noah and several other children like yourself going through cancer. Um, so I would say that Bob would be a great personality because he's on the radio and uh, is a, an affection for stories like yours. He would be a great guest for you to have. Thank you for being in my podcast. It was very nice to talk to you. And thank you.